Holy, holy, holy. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, holy King. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is great and so mighty. Oh, wonderful Lord and so holy. And I thank you. I praise you. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. If you have a Bible, take a look at the good word of God tonight. Glad to be in God's house and feel the beautiful anointing and unction that's here. The presence of the Lord. He's a great and wonderful and mighty God. Let your heart be open to him. Good to have Raphael and his family here with him. Each and every one of you that's made it out to the house of God tonight, I know you'll be sure to greet our visitors. And that's important. All right. If you have a Bible, I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Psalms. I'd like to look at Psalm 119, 125. Psalm 119, that's the long one, it's all good, verse 125, and it reads on this wise, I am thy servant, give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. I'd say this is a good request, wouldn't you? And uh, if any lack understanding or wisdom when you ask of God and he gives liberally the book said he gives it liberally as you read that verse I'd like you to look on to a few verses down I'm going it's all good but I'm going to skip to verse 128 he said therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right and I hate every false Notice the word esteem. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. Esteem is, means when something is worth value. It has value. It's worth. Uh, or it, it also has to do maybe with your judgment, how you judge something. Uh, I hope that we have... Uh, Part of this definition is the regard in which something is held. For an example, high regard. And I hope that you and I will recognize what took place when the angel came to Mary and told her that the power of the highest shall come upon thee. And that which is conceived in thee will be of the Holy Ghost. The power of the highest. Where your Bible tells you where there's, you know, something that's high, there's always something higher. And that's true until you come to God. And that's where you learn that He, Jesus Christ, He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the God of gods. He is the highest. There's no going beyond Him. He's the top, friend. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He's the first and the last. He is the Almighty. And many other glorious and wonderful things is He. And he is the one that the angel said, the power of the highest shall come upon thee. For you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. For you to be as a mortal earthbound creature, knowing that you said it wrong. 
and that you thought it wrong. As a matter of fact, that you were born in sin and that you were misshapen, if you please, in lawlessness by our nature. We are fallen individuals because of, of course, Satan through Adam and Eve or even Adam and what took place and how they were put out of the garden. And a sentence came upon everybody and all were concluded under sin. And to you, for you to have an opportunity now in this time in which you live that the Lord said as was quoted tonight, when you had asked God and you would need understanding, you would need salvation, you would need his divine help, then and calling upon him that you can repent, he made the way, that you can repent, you can tell him you're sorry, and that you're turning away from that lifestyle, that style of living. You're not going to style that way anymore. You're not going to be going up and down the street corner or standing on the street corner and doing your junk. You're not going to do that. It's not going to be your conversation anymore. not going to be your lifestyle or your style of living anymore. not going to be that way. You repent of that. You repent of that. Amen. And then you get baptized because he allows you to. To be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. The name that is above every name. And in his name is the blood. And it washes you clean. Every sin, every bit of dirt is carried away. And God said he'd remember it no more. It's forgotten. It's forgiven and forgotten. Fully pardoned. Fully pardoned. Then he said you would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That the power of the highest would come upon you. Isn't that something? And you could have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I had a young man ask one time, said, you keep talking about, about uh, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. He says, what about Jesus? Why, you silly thing, Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And he died on the cross. That is, the flesh died on the cross. And the Spirit who withdrew from that body, re-entered that body three days later, raised it up in power and glory from the dead, and showed him alive with many infallible proofs. Amen. And then he baptized with the Holy Ghost. The first ones for whosoever will. The Spirit of the Lord, the power of the highest was poured out. Acts chapter 2 records it. And as they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak forth the wonderful praises of God in languages that they did not naturally know but that they were able to speak supernaturally because he judged their heart to be believing. And he allowed them, he spoke through them, confessing that they knew him in the power of the Holy Ghost now, that he had given them such a great experience. And that taking place, my friend, you want to understand, he launched his church. He had commissioned them. He gave them instructions. And now the time had come. I'm giving you the power of the highest. I'm giving you the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm sending you forth into all the world to preach the gospel to every man, every woman, every continent, every country, every language, every shade of color. Matters not who you are or where you're from or what language you speak. It matters not what you've done. All can be forgiven. All can be forgiven. Amen. Now, if that doesn't get your attention, and you don't hold that in the highest, and friends, something's very wrong. If you need to break and you need to repent, you can be seated. I used to 
You know, I, I, I wasn't always a preacher. People think I was always a preacher because I've been preaching for 43 years, but I wasn't always a preacher. And uh, I was 20 years old and in college when I got witness to. And I was living a wild and crazy and, and an unbridled life. And nothing proud about that and don't like to talk about it. It's a shame to talk about those things. And glad that God delivered me from all of that mess. Glad God delivered me from rebellion and pride and many a, a filthy mouth and a filthy mind and many other such things. And that God, when he, he, the Bible said that he'll save us to the uttermost. He will not leave a stone unturned. He will not leave a darkened corner in your mind, your heart. He's going to deliver you. He's going to change everything for the good in your life. He's, I, I had a man one time, and it doesn't matter where you come from or what you've experienced, you find that the Holy Ghost is the thing that you hold in the highest respect and the highest regard. And, and for me, it was just, just being a lost and mixed up kid and getting this experience and finding a, a direction in life and in the world to come. Now, for one other man that said it this way, he was a, he was a running back. He made it to the Chicago Bears. And he went to a little old church, little old church house. And he said, in that little old church house, he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The power of the highest came upon him. And he was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he said, you know, it really had to be something. He said, because I'd, I'd run touchdown in front of 90,000 plus people and heard the roar of the crowd. And he said, and then I, I get the Holy Ghost. And he said, and I didn't play, want to play football anymore. He said, I didn't care nothing about it, and he didn't. He didn't go back to that. He quit. He went away from it. He, he became a preacher. He even told his, his pastor, he said, I had a dream. And the pastor said, yeah, and he was brand new in the Lord. Now, he just got in the Holy Ghost, been around a couple of weeks. He said, I had a dream. He said, I'm called to preach. And the pastor said, why is that? He said, because in the dream, he said, I saw a bread box. So the old wise pastor said, yeah. He said, uh, any bread in the bread box? He said, no. He said, well, then you better go back and pray a little bit more. <laughs> Friend, the power of the highest is greater than running a, a goal line to goal line touchdown. The power of the Holy Ghost is more thrilling. The promise of the, of the things of God, it way outweighs anything that this world has to offer. As was said again tonight, to set your affection on things that are above. Get your, if your emotions are in a jumble and you're all mixed up. And, and, and somebody told me today that they, they used to work at a bank here in Belgrade and they said that a man came in and he was on hard times and uh, falling upon hard times. Said, you know, he, he was involved with cocaine and, and, and he had problems. But, you know, he'd always talk about it. He'd say, you know, when I go to heaven. And I, in my mind, I just stopped dead. And I said, wait, wait a minute. We're, we're going to have in the same breath doing cocaine and when I go to heaven? I don't think that's going to work. I know that's not going to work, okay? That's not going to work. Jesus, we, the Bible, I went to the prison here many years ago, and I would teach there and, uh, and baptize young men, and, uh, and some of them were in for murder. Some were in for life. They were never getting out. And uh, I remember working with them, and they would respond very favorably, and many of them did. And, uh, but this, this, they came one, one Saturday when I went there, and they said, said, Preacher, Pastor, we have a problem said, when you leave here on the weekend, he said, they bring a guy in here on Mondays. And he said, you've taught us that, that the Holy Ghost will change our lives for the good and that we will not want to do the things we used to do. And, he, and this jail, this prison is filled with every kind of thing. You can get anything you want. 
And he said, and this guy is coming in on Mondays and teaching us Bible study, and they force us to go. And, 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 and said that um, he's telling us that, that we can do anything we want to do, that, that we're saved if we do anything we want to do. And I'm like, saved from what? If you get saved, that means you're delivered. You're delivered from something or some things. And I said, you answer your own question. I said, what does, what does Christian mean? And they said, it means Christ-like. I said, that's right. And I said, so did Jesus have a man under this arm and a woman under this arm? Did he have a cigarette out this side and a joint out this side and cocaine up this nostril? Is that the way you, you picture Jesus from the Bible? No, no, they said no. And I said, well, then you do seem to realize then that this teaches that you get delivered from things. You get your emotions straightened out. You're no longer, you found what your soul loveth, the Song of Solomon said. You found what your soul loves, what your life loves. And it's not the cocaine, and it's not the alcohol, and it's not the, the, any other forms of drugs or, or, or nicotine or anything like that. It is the power of the highest. You have regard and esteem. You esteem thy precept. Your word is above it all. Your power is above it all. The feeling that I got when I got the Holy Ghost. And when I stay renewed in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Say, well, you know, um, I'm, I'm running a little low. I'm struggling. Then all you need to do is come here on Man Up on Tuesday through Friday. Be here about 6 o'clock and get you a good dose of the Holy Ghost all over again. Get you a good fresh touch of His Spirit in your life. And, and you can be, the Bible said, renewed day by day. You'll go get your car filled up. You'll get that fuel. Sure you will. And you'll have some food and you'll, you'll fuel up your natural body. Well, remember, your spiritual man can also come into God's filling station. You can belly up, to, to, if you please, to God's big old barn. He wipes it down nice and clean. There's no vomit on this table. There's no garbage on this table. There's no filth on this table. This is perfectly clean. There's no, I'm telling you, there's none of that garbage that gets in a person's heart and defiles that person that's been cleaned out, and you can keep it clean. That's why you get saved, and you stay saved. You get delivered from things, and then you stay delivered from those things. You don't want those things anymore. Isn't that wonderful that you don't wake up with the shakes? Amen. But you wake up in esteem. You hold in the highest regard the things of the Holy Ghost. You, you have an appreciation. You appreciate what God has done for you. You appreciate how he's pulled you out of the fire, how he saved your life, how he put things together for you. See, Deuteronomy 32 and 15 tells you that the Israel made a mistake. The people in the Old Testament, the church in the wilderness, they made a mistake, and that is they lightly esteemed the God of their salvation. They lightly esteemed him. They didn't hold him in the kind of regard that they should have. They were more interested in MJ or I don't know who the newest dudes are, LeBron, and, uh, you know, and some other sports figures somewhere. They, those were important things. They lightly esteemed. I got to go do this, and I got to follow this, and I got to chase this. And pretty soon, you know what happens if you're not, if you're not, um, keeping your esteem factor up high where it belongs, then it gets easy to miss church. It gets easy to miss church. And you miss a, you know, a midweek service or you miss a, a Monday night prayer or maybe you miss a, uh, a Sunday. You start missing because you're not holding it in the high regard. You know, when you've got this right on the scale here, 
you don't, you don't want to miss. It bothers you to miss. You do everything you can not to miss, you know. And, and, and if you go into college, that's why you try very hard to, and I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen, but you try very hard to get those classes scheduled to where it doesn't interfere with the church schedule or your, your job. You try very hard. You pray. You ask God to work things out because you've got to be in church. Because you got to be where you show him this is the highest, this is the highest, this is the most important. Amen. 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 You know, there was a grievous insight that we were given. When you read Isaiah 53, you read prophecy concerning the Christ, foretelling how that he would come, and he would be a root coming out of dry ground. And one of the things that it described in Isaiah 53 said, we despised him, and he was despised, and said, and we esteemed him not. That's why Judas sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus ain't worth nothing. Now this guy, this guy, Judas Iscariot. You got to say Iscariot because there were some other Judases, and I know they didn't want to get confused with him. And and so they, uh, he he saw blinded eyes open. As a matter of fact, he was given power to heal the sick himself, and he'd seen the dead raised. He'd seen every kind of miracle. He saw Jesus walk on the water, <laughs> walking on the water to come to a, a boat that was in the middle of a storm to save him. Think about that. And they're all up there, big, brave men, and they're up there, ah, I can't help it, don't you care about us? Jesus came up walking on the water and said, hey, chill. Everything's fine. Be not afraid. Don't be worried. Don't be scared. It's all good. It's cool. And the Bible said he, he rebuked the wind. You know, the Bible said the lightning, when Jesus calls, the lightnings come, and they stand at attention. Here are we. What do you want us to do? Oh, friend, you talk about obedience. You talk about respect. You talk about order. My goodness, the lightning. You ever seen lightning? You know you get scared when you see lightning. It goes straight across that sky, heat lightning, or it goes from ground to earth. Oh, friend, build up a build up of charge of uh, negative particles until finally it explodes. Flash of light. Whoops, that did me good. Flash of light. And it. It just scares you. I don't know. Brother Andre, didn't you get hit by lightning one time? Yeah, think about that. He lived to tell the story. That's something, too. <laughs> I don't think he'd care to, you know, hit me, hit me. I'll do another shot. No, no, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And the disciples were scared. And Jesus took care of all of that, and they said, man, even the elements obey him. We're talking about the power of the highest here. We're not talking about a second or a third. Hello? We're talking about the power of the highest. There's one God, and you know his name. His name is Jesus. His name is above every name. You have his blood. You need to appreciate that. You need to highly esteem that. You need to hold that in the highest regard. In the highest regard. Amen. You know, people, people, you can be seated. People can miss church at the drop of a hat. They almost look for a reason. How can I get out of church tonight? They would verbalize that. That's what's going on in the back of their mind, in their heart. 
And uh, it's like the, the couple that was sitting there and the pastor came down to go to Sunday morning to go up to teaching. And uh, he said, he said, uh, Sister Jones, he said, uh, I noticed you weren't at church the other night. He said, where were you? Now, we got people nowadays, you say that, they get offended. But this guy was checking on the sheep. And he said, where were you? And uh, she said, well, I was home checking on the beans. They were boiling. And the pastor said, huh. And he walked on, went up to the pulpit. Husband leaned over to his wife and he said, what kind of an excuse is that? And she said, good as any other. Good as any other. There is no really, really, when you think about it, there's no really good excuse. You should feel gypped. You should feel cheated. You should feel like I got tricked out of it somehow. I didn't get to go tonight. I didn't get to be there tonight. That's how you should feel because you esteem it so highly. Because it's so important. It's so important. Everybody said amen. It's how you look at it. It's how you regard it. It's how much you appreciate what the Lord of glory has done for you. Who am I? We had a brother in the church. Brother Stefano, he used to sing, Who am I? That a king would bleed and die for me. Who am I? Is it not written in the Bible about how that he, he, he regards us? He cares about us. He mindful of us. Okay? And we don't want to be guilty of esteeming him not. And Judas Iscariot, having seen all the things he saw and was even empowered to do many of those things and was trusted with the finances on top of that. And yet he sold him. He looked for an opportunity. Some people are only looking for an opportunity to escape from the church. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, escape to what? They're in the boat, the ship. Paul already prophesied to him and said, it's going to be much hurt this trip, much hurt. We're going to, you're going to lose the things that you've invested money in, the lading, and L-A-D-I-N-G, the lading, that's the uh, wares and the, all the different things they were holding and going to sell, and had gave, they just you know, had money tied up in it. And it said it's going to be much hurt and much loss. But they ignored him. That's eh, just a preacher. Yeah. We'll listen to the owner and the master of the ship thing. Listen to everybody but, right? And so they went off on the on the ship. And sure enough, here come that big bad old storm. I guarantee you, the first thought that came into their mind was, whoops, the preacher told us. Uh-oh. And then the next thing was, well, I, I, I hope he doesn't notice the storm because I don't want him to know that he was right. Kind of hard to miss the hurricane. Kind of hard to miss that. Yeah. It's like the, the individual that um, they got a dish. And it wasn't the kind of dish, well, you do eat off of it, but not natural food. You, <laughs> you eat Hollywood food. And uh, the individual told the guy that was installing it, who went back and told people, he, she, she said, put it. Because he said, where do you want to hang the dish on the house? Where do you want to put it? She said, put it where the preacher can't see it. I was the preacher. I was the preacher. 
put it where the preacher can't. What about God? What about God? You know? You know? And here I go to lay down and take a nice nap, and bam! You know, I get hit with, you've got a triple X dish in your, in your church. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it wasn't just a dish, by the way. It was a triple X dish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you wonder why, the, you, you know, the preacher. Well, how many people tell me, I wouldn't want to be you, preacher. I wouldn't want to be you. Oh, Lord. No, that's all right. I don't want to be among that number that esteem him not. And, and, and there they are on a big, big ship, and it's being rocked to and fro. Storm is everywhere. They haven't even seen the sun, the moon, the stars. They couldn't reckon where they were going. They were lost. They didn't have any radar. The, the GPS was out. That's the God positioning system because God said, I'm, I'm not going to help you. You done messed up now. I'm going to let you ride through this a little bit. I, I, I'm not going to rescue you right away. You're going to have to get, get a little seasick, turn, turn a couple of different shades of purple or something, and uh, then we'll see about helping you out. And so, so of course, uh, Paul says, I'm going to go in this inner chamber here, and I, I'm going to pray. Now, you see, if you, if you highly regard and esteem the spiritual things, then you're going to handle things in a spiritual manner. You're not going to a palm reader. Hello. You're not going to a fortune teller. Hello. You heard about one of our preachers one time. He was walking down the road, and, and there was one of them palm readers in a, in a storefront there, and he was walking by, and, and the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, go in there. Now, you see, you really better have the Holy Ghost know what you're doing and know that that was God. And he did. And he went in. He sat down opposite the, the crystal ball on the table from the lady on the other side. I use the term lightly lady. And um, on the other side, and uh, she started to, you know, try to tell him his fortune. And all of a sudden, she started wailing. Oh, yeah. That devil rose up. That devil showed itself that was inside that woman. And she started wailing. She started screaming. She said, Whoa! She said, the spirit in you is greater and more powerful than the spirit in me. Oh, yes, honey, you better believe it's the power of the highest. You better know, friend, when our preacher goes walking down the road, I've seen spirits just look. They know who we are. They know we've got the power of the highest. They know we've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They know that we've been set free and that we're not drinking anymore. We're not drugging anymore. We're not killing anymore. We're not hating anymore. That we're not in the wrong places doing the wrong things anymore. Because we got something better. And we esteem it highly. We regard it highly. We move the not out of the equation. We do esteem him. We do esteem him. Highly. Highly. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Moses. Moses. I, 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 um, I was with Bruni. Bruni is Roderick, by the way. Bruni is Roderick. Roderick is Bruni. If you don't know that, then you know maybe by Jamaica. Anyway. I took him to, I had him chauffeur me teaching him how to drive. I'm, having, I'm giving him driver's ed. I don't know if I can give anybody else driver's ed. I think he'd taken out of me all I had. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's getting better, though. Slowly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, was, I was on the phone with Patrick the other day, and something happened. I don't know what I did. And all of a sudden, 
what are you doing? He said, are you driving? And Bruni's doing the driving. And I said, yeah. Good. How could you tell? <laughs> I said, have you got a little camera in this, in this car of mine? <laughs> oh, brother, he picked up the vibes. Well, anyway, we went, took him downtown and uh, parked the car. And, uh, of course, I got him out of work, and so his jeans were ripped. And I said, man, those things are immodest, son. You can't go around wearing jeans ripped like that. And so I said, okay, we're going to park the car. I've got three quarters and two dimes and a nickel. I threw it in the meter, which got me about 13 seconds. <laughs> and I went into, went into Macy's down there, downtown, and, and uh, spent the next half an hour trying to find him a pair of jeans. I told him, boy, you're getting fat. Couldn't get nothing to fit that young man that was on sale anyway. And I wasn't too happy about that. I wanted those $14.99 kind, you know. $14.99 make your feet feel fine. <laughs> but uh, I finally got him a pair of jeans and got him a shirt. And uh, went across the street, and I forgot all about the meter. I was going to get a dollar's worth of change and have him run up and put some more in the meter, and I forgot all about it. And I'll tell you why, because I was hungry. <laughs> And so I beat it across the street from Macy's, and we went in, we sat down, and I had my own, I had my own table. They're going to put a plaque there, Senior Pastor Feld, Dr. Feld, right there. And so I went in, we got seated, and uh, first thing they always ask me, where's your wife? And, you know, they're looking at this ugly guy next to me, you know. And I said, well, I'm, I'm on a mercy mission today. And so uh, I got the chauffeur with me today. What a chauffeur. I, I would have given him a hat, but it would have been dishonest. So anyway, yeah, he probably would have put it on backwards. But anyway, we we uh, we got seated, and uh, you know, we ate. We're we're going. We're going to leave. We're going to got to take care of some business. And I got him driving me to take care of that business. And so the reason I got him driving is because I speed, and I get tickets. So I have to have a chauffeur, so that I don't speed. Okay, I I can't help. I start thinking, and it translates to my foot, and it pushes that pedal to the metal. And I've told the troopers that so many times, they almost laugh at me and send me on my way now. But every once in a while, you meet one you don't know, and we go. Okay. So anyway, Bruni's driving, and we get, we get our food to go. Some of it, we had some leftover, and we get our food to go, and we're, we're going up to the meter. And who do I see? I see this guy standing in front of my truck. Stop! Stop, I said! Stop! I'm here! Well, there was one redeeming thing. He was Jamaican. And I was with Mr. Jamaica. <laughs> and so I said, Booty, Booty, say something in Patois. <laughs> so, I don't know what he said, because I surely couldn't understand it. But um, he was definitely talking in tongues, but we didn't have any interpreter. <laughs> and uh, But he, he told him something. And uh, I told the guy, I said, I said, that's not nice to give me a ticket. I said, I came here and I bought him clothes. And I, we went and had lunch. I said, we're spending money down here. He goes, I've got to have a job, man. I said, yeah, I want you to have a job. But I don't want you to give me a ticket. And so bottom line is, he wrote me up. He said, I already went too far in my little machine here. But he, he got the thing to spit out, and it said zero, 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 zero. And he initialed it. And I said, the next time I see you, I said, I'm going to get a gift certificate for lunch for you, okay? He said, oh, you don't have to do that. I said, well, I, I, I'm going to do that for you. The next time I see you, I said, thank you. Bye. 
We got in our little car and phew, we headed out of there. Boy, I'm telling you what, that was good news. That was good news. But I forgot to put those quarters in there. I got too busy. Well, you know what? I'm saying to you, I think I am, that sometimes we get a little too busy. Sometimes we get our minds a little too overloaded, and we've got to remember what's the highest. We've got to remember what's the most important. And, and we've got to remember that Moses, that's what I want to tell you. This guy had a thing on his hip, I don't know, some kind of machine, and it said, Aaron. And I said, hey. He hadn't given me my note, my zero ticket yet. And I said, hey, I said, is your name Aaron? And he said, yeah. He said, Aaron. And I said, I'm Moses. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, well, then you're my brother. I said, my younger brother. And I like that younger part a whole lot. And uh, I said, boy, now we're on good footing, you know. We're heading in the right direction here. And so, so I said, well, I said, um, you know, I, uh, I said, Aaron, you know, I, I said, you were, you were the one that had to be the spokesman. You had to take care of things. And I said, so, you know, I need you to take care of this for me. And so, anyway, this Moses is what I want to tell you about, though, the real Moses. And the Bible said in Hebrews 11 and 26 that he esteemed, he esteemed the reproach. Now, you know, the world looks reproachfully. They look down at us. Maybe for how we dress. Maybe for how we worship. Maybe for how we shout and dance before the Lord. They certainly do because we baptize in the name, above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And they, and they are dead set against receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence or sign of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. As the biblical example, they're against that. They fight that. And, uh, but that's how it was for Moses. See, Moses was born in Egypt, which is a type of the world. And Moses was condemned to death. When he was born, he had a death sentence over him, and he was to be slain. Now, imagine that them guys are coming to take Michael, and they're going to chop his head off. Man, Mama don't like that. Isn't that right, Mama? That's right. And so Moses' Mama didn't like that. And Moses' Mama being the brains of the family, she said, I'm going to devise a plan. And so she told her daughter and said, you, next time you go to work down there for Pharaoh's daughter and you all go out and play by the seashore and splash in one another, she said, you look for a, a, little, a little ark, a little bulrush boat and said your baby brother who's a proper child is going to be in that little boat and I'm going to I'm going to make sure that he's hungry I won't feed him his fourth breakfast that morning but he'll be hungry and he's going to cry and when he cries you get him you rescue him out of the river and hopefully Pharaoh's Pharaoh's daughter will take him in for a house pet something and and said and if she she does and, and and we find favor said you would you tell her that you know a hebrew woman that'd be happy to nurse him till he gets a little older and you bring him home to mama and that's what happened that's exactly what happened 
And what a plan, and it went to perfection. And, you know, God's got a perfect plan. And it saves souls. <laughs> it pulls people out of tough situations. Oh, yeah. Pulls you out of your, your places where you're struggling and you're screaming and you're hollering because your soul is hungry. That's what's wrong. And you're trying to feed it with the wrong thing. You're trying to give it something other than mother's milk. And you need the church. Church is our mother. It's, it's not a building. That's the church house. The church is a body of believers. And you better hear me tell you, you need what God's church can give you. It will give you power. It will give you authority. It will give you salvation. It will give you deliverance. It will give you hope. It will give you life eternal. It will give you everything that you have need of. It will put a house over your head, a roof over your head. It will put clothes on your back in a world that hardly wears any clothes. It'll give you fixed positions. Yes, sir, it'll do it. Moses grew up as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know she was Pharaoh's favorite little girl. If she didn't get just what she wanted, she pouted. Ain't none you'd pout, right? Some of your eyes keep going the other way when I look at you. Why is that? Ah, yeah. And so, old Pharaoh wanted to make his daughter happy. He said, you can have the baby. It's okay. Yeah, bring the baby home. Okay. I'll be fine. No problem. Get somebody to take care of it until it's the right age. No problem. No problem. Well, after a while, Pharaoh began to take a shine to, to old Moses running around the house and kicking the ball and all that kind of stuff. And, and so, he became Pharaoh's son. Man, he, he was big, big stuff around that, the palace. And he became big stuff in Egypt. And, uh, but somewhere along the line, mother's milk and all the things she was saying and doing. And she just fell, told me about a story she read uh, one time about it during the war, how that they, they were stealing uh, Jewish children. They were putting them in like orphanages, German orphanages. And while they were there, uh, at the end of the war, that uh, there were Jewish it was a Jewish committee, if you please, that they were touring the orphanages and they were looking for the children, the lost children, the lost Jewish children. And that when they would come through the orphanage, sometimes it would be late and the children would be sleeping. But they would begin to sing. and They would begin to quote things that the mothers did to the children when they were babies and said little bodies kept popping up in their beds, eyes wide open, saying, Mama, Mama. They knew those words. They knew those scriptures. They knew those voices. And that's how they found their children. Can I tell you that, that Almighty God knows his children? Can I tell you that I'm telling you he knows his children? And the devil knows them too. And the devil hates us. The devil hates people that are clean living because God's power gave them the power to be clean living. And he pulled us out of the mud. He pulled us out of the horrible pit. He pulled us out of sin and misery and loss of direction. He pulled us out of that mess. And Moses grew up knowing I may, they may think I'm an, an Egyptian, but I'm a Hebrew. I'm one who's crossed over. I am absolutely God's child. And it's better to be God's child than to be Pharaoh's child. And you better know that every step Moses took towards the Israelites, towards being a Hebrew, 
every step of the way, there was that devil that was saying, oh, but you can have all the trinkets and you can have all the gold and, and you can have all the drugs you want and you can have this and you can have that and you can have the other. It's all yours. You're, you're Pharaoh's son. Well, everything is there for you. Have whatever you want. Why, well, you can have Facebook, Instagram, chicken. Told you I'd like a chicken. Yes, sir. You can have all those things. Yes, you can have all those things. Mm -hmm. And the more Moses began to show himself and realize that I am a Hebrew, I am not an Egyptian, the more that the pull and the lure and the things of the world, until finally he came one day and he, it was a fist fight broke out between Two guys. And when it broke out, Moses smote one guy. Well, he had a mean right. When he smote him, he killed him. And they buried him real quick in the sand. Moses told him, he said, why are you thinking that he was a deliverer and that he was going to help? And he said, why are you fighting each other? Didn't end up too good because... Happened again. You know, you can't do things in a fleshly way. You can't take it upon yourself to do it your way. You've got to get that mind of God. And uh, so he comes out again. Now he sees two Israelites fighting. See, the first time was an Israelite and Egyptian. He smote the Egyptian. Now he's got two Israelites fighting. He said, what are you doing? You be brethren. We be brethren. And one of them looked at him and said, what are you going to do, kill me like you did that other guy? Moses said, uh-oh, the jig is up. They know. They know. And so Moses ran. He fled. Boy, he set a record for the 40-yard dash. He beat it out of Egypt. And he headed for the backside of the desert somewhere. And God said, now I got you right where I want you. And God said, now we start the real training. And he began to train Moses 40 years in the backside of the desert. It wasn't glitz. It wasn't glamour. It wasn't glory. Oh, no. Until, until that beautiful day came when Moses saw a burning bush. First time I came to God, the man was so mad at me because he, he tried to bet me to who could throw the football the furthest. And I said, well, I'll throw the football with you. I said, but I won't bet you. I said, I, he said, why not? He knew why not. He said, he said, last week you want to bet me? I said, yeah, but last week I wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. I said, so I don't bet anymore. I don't do that anymore. I'm not living that lifestyle anymore. Boy, he got mad. He got about three other guys, and they surrounded me. And when they got to the burning bush part, they said it was an, an alien from outer space. But God, God wasn't in the bush. Moses didn't see that. It was an alien from outer space. Now, isn't it amazing people can believe that? But they can't believe that God. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, brother. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you what. And so Moses, the Bible said, he esteemed the reproach. There is reproach that's going to come. There, you're going to, you walk into a, uh, to a hospital room or rehabilitation room, and you got people there that don't have the Holy Ghost, and you're, you're going to feel the reproach. Ah, oh, you hear pray, pray, pray. Oh, yeah, you're going to feel that. You're going you're gonna to feel the negativity, the reproach. You're going to feel that. 
But you know what? You know that what you've got is the greatest. You know that God looked down on you in your poor, miserable situation, and he exalted you. He pulled you out of the basement. He pulled you out of the horrible pit. He pulled you out of a miserable, undirected life. He absolutely saved you and delivered you. Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than the riches and the treasures of Egypt. In other words, Moses said to all of the trinkets and the gold and the games, now he had, you know, like a 90-incher going on there. He had all the games. He esteemed it, the book said, as nothing. He put Jesus ahead of all of them. He, he elevated that. He saw that, that what Jesus is doing for me is greater, greater. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than the riches, the treasures of Egypt. Oh, yes. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to get things in the right perspective here. You've got to see it how it really is. And, and what we have and what we have to give our children and what our children will grow up. I talked to a preacher today that I've known for many years. He's been in one town for 54 years. And he, I said, well, I've been here 40. He said, well, you're going to catch me. I said, no, I don't believe I'm going to be able to run you down. I don't believe that's going to happen. But uh, he told me, he said, I have 19 great-grandchildren. 19 great-grandchildren. I said, well, now that you're a tribe, are you going to get regathered to Israel? <laughs> so I'm saying to you that you want to realize, and that's a lot of it, you've got to realize got to Moses realized I'm not an Egyptian I'm not one of them I don't do things the way they do things I don't go where they go I don't even want to go where they go I've died to that I'm alive as was said again you put you put off the fleshly things the carnal things and you put on Christ and you you highly esteem him he's greater than all of them. what you have is greater than anything else than anything else I'm going to conclude with chapter 16 of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 16. I need to conclude because I realize it's coming up to the, to the point where I'll be preaching too long, for some of you anyway. Luke chapter 16, and let me begin with verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. The Word of God is telling you that can't be done. For either he will hate the one, and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon represents the false god of greed, all the things that money can buy, and all the money. It's a love of money. Okay, it's a love of money. And so the Pharisees also, who were covetous, that means, boy, if you had it, they wanted it. Heard all these things, and they deride him. They begin to run Jesus down. They begin to ask him things and say things and just try to make him look bad any way they could. Verse 15, and he said, Jesus said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God, talking about the Spirit, knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men, is an abomination in the sight of God. And conversely, that which is highly esteemed by the church is an abomination to the world. 
That's why the guy looked at Lazarus all day long, every day. And he, he looked at Lazarus, and Lazarus represented the church, and he just looked down his nose at it and turned away and, you know, went off to his faring sumptuously and fine linen and all the flashy colors. Thank God it said purple, didn't say pink, by the way. But anyway, uh, I, I'm telling you, I, it, it, it absolutely saddens my heart to go through the boys' section, the young men's section in Macy's, and the posters that they have advertising the clothing. They, the, the little boys are made to look like little girls. I'm telling you the truth, and, I, and my wife's got pictures of it. It absolutely is, is so what this world is doing. And you, I don't know if you saw in the newspaper, but the um, man who claims to command a million followers, uh, that he said that not only should people who have decided that they don't want to be what they are, they want to be the other gender, you know, when the boys want to be girls and the girls want to be boys. And he said that we should embrace them and that we should assimilate them and take them in and make them a part. He said that right on the front page. Okay. Now, do we hate anybody? No, we don't hate anybody. The church is offering, the church is offering deliverance. The church is offering that you can have the best lifestyle. That's not the best lifestyle. The Holy Ghost lifestyle is the best. The power of the highest come upon you, and you'll find your direction. You know, I told you riding down the road here and getting to the stop sign, my wife's favorite stop sign, because it's right there at Goodwill. That's therapy. And uh, I was pulling up that stop sign. It was after church one night, and this person was out in the street and it was dark, and, and uh, I put the window down, and I put a church invitation out the window. And um, I said, here you are, sir. I said, why don't you come visit our church? It's straight down the road. <laughs> and this individual said, well, I used to be George, but now I'm Georgette. And I say, what? <laughs> I said, I said, well, you, you need to come to church. I said, well, my mama said. My mama said that if I, if I do this and I make this change, then I'm going to go to hell. Is that right? I said, you need to come to church. I said, you come down to church, and I said, we'll help you out. Okay? We'll help you. It's a very mixed-up world, very confusing world. And there are spirits that are involved, and people can't help themselves. People cannot help themselves. They're very confused and very mixed up, and they need guidance, and they need help. And the Bible said that the Holy Ghost would lead and guide you into all truth, that the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the highest, that he's going to baptize you with, that, that it's going to help you every step of the way. He's going to teach you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to be there in your difficult times when you get the shakes and when you're having difficulty and when you keep reaching for the wrong thing. And it never solves anything, but the power of the highest will solve the problem. Amen. Solve the problem. Amen. I had a family member that they said could walk again. 
Whatever time she would try to walk, she'd go for a couple of hours and be okay, and then she'd fall. And she finally got to the place where she got so fearful of falling that she decided she'd just live in a wheelchair the rest of her life. With a doctor telling her, this has been mishandled from the beginning. Your case has been misdiagnosed. This does not have to be. This does not have to be. But a fear of falling. And you know what? There are people that sometimes are afraid to live for God because they're afraid they're going to fail like they did all the other times and things they've done. They're afraid that they're going to have that drink and get drunk again or have that snort of cocaine and, and lose their mind again. They're afraid. Let me tell you something. Jesus came up in the middle of the storm, and they were screaming, and they were saying, don't you care about us? The boat is filling up, and we're about to go under. And, and Jesus said, peace, be still. Don't be afraid. It is I. I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to give you a beat down. I came to lift you up. I came to pull you out. I came to save you. I came to give you the answer to your problem. I'm going to let the power of the highest come upon you. Repent. Get baptized in water in Jesus' name, and I will fill you with the gift of my spirit. I will change your life. I will give you all power over the power of the enemy. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Come on. Jesus' great name. We're praying. Come on now. Come on now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hold them and praise them at the highest. There is no greater. There is no higher. There's nothing better in your life than this experience. There's no place you should rather be than in this church house. Come on now. Living for God. Going to heaven. Heaven is where your goal is. Setting your affections, your emotions on things that are above. Amen. Come on. Come and gather in. Everybody's invited. Everybody's invited.